Hey, good afternoon. This is a public hearing regarding regulations governing enforcement of Chapter 14 of the San Francisco Environment Code. The date is Monday, February 6th. The time is 2.01 p.m. Please note that the ringing of cell phones, pagers, and similar devices can still happen ritually and still prohibited. Please ensure your device is silenced. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone by calling 1-415-655-0001, entering access code 2495-730-8301, and entering the meeting password, which is CCSF. Once connected, dial star three to be added to the speaker queue. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down any other devices. Alternatively, you may submit public comment via email to the department's commission affairs officer at environment at sfgov.org. Comments submitted via email will be posted on the department website and will be included as a part of the official public hearing file. My name is Kyle Weiner, Commission Affairs Officer at the San Francisco Environment Department. I am joined by my colleague James Slattery, Construction and Demolition Zero Waste Senior Coordinator at the Environment Department. And with that, we will proceed to item two in our agenda. Item two is presentation on regulations governing enforcement of Chapter 14. The speaker is James Slattery, Construction and Demolition Zero Waste Senior Coordinator, San Francisco Environment Department. Explanatory documents are the draft regulations, inspection report escalated enforcement process chart, and fine schedule. James, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Let me go ahead and share my screen. And kick things off. Okay. Uh, thanks again, Kyle, and greetings all. My name is James Slattery. I work with San Francisco Environment Department, uh, or SF Environment. I serve as the senior coordinator on the department's construction and demolition zero waste team. And as mentioned, this hearing is being held so that SF environment can share the protocols, the processes, and the tools that we've developed for governing enforcement of environment code chapter 14, also known as the construction and demolition debris recovery law. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, uh, these regulations have been developed in conversation with the city attorney's office and the controller's office, and they've been informed through consultations with other city departments operating under the authority of Chapter 14 of the Environment Code. Um, but before we jump into the, the finer details, it's important to note that um, in addition to providing a definition for construction and demolition debris, San Francisco Health Code Article 6 also states that no commercial establishment, no dwelling, no household uh, or person or entity, including the city and county of San Francisco, shall place out for regular refuse collection any construction or demolition debris. Basically saying these materials um, are not to be lawfully collected in your curbside collection system. And Article 6 of the Health Code then goes on to refer to Chapter 14 of San Francisco's Environment Code for the requirements that do govern lawful collection of C&D debris or waste materials. And in pointing to Chapter 14, the Health Code is referring here again to the C&D debris recovery law, which has been in effect since 2006, and it essentially prohibits the direct transportation to a landfill or an incinerator 
of any CND debris or discards. Again, CND is short for construction and demolition. So any CND debris, discards, waste that remove or removed from a San Francisco job site must be diverted to recycling, composting, or reuse markets rather than sent for disposal. Now, in September of 2021, the CND debris recovery law was updated unanimously by a unanimous vote at the Board of Supervisors. And in this update, transporters of CND debris, they are now required to obtain a temporary or an annual permit from the Environment Department for each vehicle and debris box that are used to transport CND debris, mixed CND debris. Uh, in addition to the requirements for the lawful collection and transport of CND debris, Chapter 14 also has requirements outlined for the debris generators. These are the construction projects and demolition projects. Uh, and then uh, requirements for the facilities that are authorized to receive and process mixed debris from San Francisco job sites. But today's hearing is going to focus exclusively on the protocols for the enforcement mechanisms that speak to the generators and the transporters of CND debris. In January of, well, sorry, since January 1st, 2022, those new requirements have been in effect and a valid annual or temporary seven day permit has been required for lawful collection and transport of mixed CND debris. You see the permit here affixed to a debris box and you'll see another one affixed here on a non-debris box operated truck. So again, permits are required for both debris boxes uh, and vehicles transporting mixed CND debris. <clears throat> so chapter 14 of the Environment Code uh, goes on and it directs departments of building inspection, the San Francisco Public Works Department and the Sheriff to work together with the Environment Department's director to coordinate enforcement of Chapter 14 and any related rules and regulations. So the rest of this presentation is going to be an overview of those enforcement mechanisms and what's been developed to fulfill this directive. On your screen is shown an overview of the process for escalating an enforcement action under this authority of Chapter 14. So if the Director of Environment Department or their designee determine that any person has violated Chapter 14 or regulation adopted pursuant to Chapter 14, that the Director or designee shall send a written notice of violation an NOV, along with a copy of the relevant provisions of the law and any regulations. And for any violation that speaks specifically to the transport, the collection and transport of CND debris, that party has five calendar days from the receipt of the notice of violation to cure the violation. So what we're speaking about here is essentially a corrective notice of violation. Um, notices of for transport and uh, or collection violation for uh, violations of transport and collection requirements again come with a five day cure period. And later on in the process, you see with the second yellow arrow on your screen is that parties issued an NOV also have the right to an appeal. I'll speak a little bit more about that. Here's an example of the. Notice of violation itself that the team of inspectors will be using uh, in uh, in their work. Uh, there, these again are corrective notices, and you'll see the violations are outlined on the left-hand side of page one. There are uh, seven of them that are specified. Uh, next to the violation itself is the required action that must be taken uh, in order to cure the violation or remedy it. 
And on page two of the NOV, you will find the cure period. So again, the, the five day period speaks to violations related to collection and transport. Any other violation has a, a 30 day cure period. Um, and then you see the amount of the fine that will um, the, the that will result should the violation go uncorrected. What's not seen here is additional text that will include instructions for how to exercise the right to appeal as well as citation payment instructions. And this template form here, along with all of the other information that's not shown, um, a, a, not all of it, I should say, but majority of the template will be translated into Chinese and Spanish. And those will be reference copies that will be used and provided along with directions for requesting in language assistance through SF environment. And in serving a notice of violation, the department will issue the NOV in two, at least two of three possible delivery modes. The first would be in person. The second is electronically via email. And the third option is via certified mail. So at least two of the three will occur for uh, serving of an NOV. On your screen now are the um, administrative penalties that may be imposed under the authority of Chapter 14. Uh, and in doing so, uh, Chapter 14 is following the procedures for governing the imposition of administrative fines that are set forth by Administrative Code Chapter 100. Um, this allows for administrative penalties to be issued for up to $1,000 per violation, but something noteworthy about the fine schedule you see on your screen is that it is a progressive fine schedule with each penalty being scaled first to the size of the vehicle or the, the permit T uh, tier, I should say permit tier uh, for each permitted vehicle. Uh, the collect number of violations issued to an operator. Is this their first violation, their second offense, their third offense? And the third component will be the overall severity of the violation. So fines will increase um, not just due to the size of the vehicle in question or the number of violations, but also under consideration uh, is the are the impacts to human and environmental health. And you see those um, numbered violations will escalate um, um, from least severe uh, to most severe um, at the top of your page. And that's on the, again, the left-hand side of the fine schedule. So that's just a zoom in highlighting that um, fines also escalate due to severity of the infraction. So the foundation overall though of the fine schedule and, and of the permit fee model um, is the size of the vehicle. And that corresponds with the harm it can possibly inflict. The larger the vehicle, the more damage it can cause. And again, penalties are also going to escalate due to the severity of impacts on human and environmental health. On this screen, um, you see the uh, icons for some of the departments that are authorized and are directed to support implementation and enforcement of Environment Code Chapter 14. I want to specifically talk about um, the Chapter 14 language that states the Director of the Environment Department, the Director of Public Works, and the Sheriff and each of their respective designees have authority to administer and enforce all of the provisions of chapter 14 using the means and methods that I've just outlined. And the departments of building inspection, public works and sheriff are, are directed to work together with the environment department's director to coordinate these enforcement efforts and actions um, and to coordinate them with other provisions of building code, public works code, 
and any related rules and regulations. That will conclude today's presentation. Please feel free to reach out directly to San Francisco Environment Department staff using the contact information that you see on your screen. Thank you. I'll stop sharing my screen and turn it back to you, Kyle. Great, thank you, James. And now we will open it up to public comment. Just one moment. Okay, members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the speaker queue. For those who are already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And we'll just pause for a minute or so while the instructions are displayed on the screen. And it appears we don't have any callers in the queue. We'll just give folks another 20 seconds or so to dial in if they'd like to participate for public comment. And I'll just display the access code and instructions one more time. Okay, and seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. James, is there anything else you'd like to add? Not at this time. Thank you, Kyle. Great, thank you, James. Uh, with that, we'll proceed to our final item, which is item three, adjournment. The hearing is adjourned. The time is 2.16 p.m. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>